got to be some water there. I shall not be moved. I want to thank all those who have labored in the services thus far. And we're just grateful for all those who have come out tonight to hear what thus saith the Lord. It's been a while since I've been up here. Uh, amen. God is good. That's all I got to say about it. He's good all the time. And you know, all the time, God is good. Good to see uh, my uh, extended family in the house came over from Central to uh, support the brother. Uh, amen. And uh, we're grateful for their presence, grateful for your presence as well. You know, uh, Brother Davis, I, I feel sort of like uh, you know, that old car that's been sitting in the backyard for a while. You know, you got to do some work on it to get it road ready. You know, you got to replace the battery, you know, you know give it a tune-up, you know, a repair or replace a tire or two, and you know, get it ready for the road. You, you put the key in to start her up, and it starts to putt-putt a little bit. But sometimes you just got to give it a little gas. Is that all right? Uh, let it run for a while. Then you're ready to run your race. You know, for the Christian, God's gasoline, God's gold juice is just as important. Amen. See, it's God's gas is God's ability to supply. God's ability to strengthen. God's ability to secure. God's ability to sustain. God's ability to save. See, when you get that kind of go juice in you, now you're ready to run your race. Is that all right? Well, since uh, I, I haven't been behind the wheel for a while, we don't need to take a, a long trip. We'll just circle the block a few times and come on home. Is that all right? Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about evangelism. You see, Jesus has commissioned his body, this body, the church, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to teach, baptize, and teach again, that those who believe and obey would become his disciples. But you see, there are three ingredients needed that this might be accomplished. Brother Carl, you can imagine being secure in your home on a cold, wintry night, and you're considering what's for supper. Now, someone says, well, I'd like some old-fashioned stew. Now, that's going to warm your belly and your bones on a chilly evening. Now, now the stew requires a big pot to hold all the ingredients. And then you start to consider what ingredients are going to go into that pot. Now, someone wants some peas and carrots in there. Someone wants some potatoes and some celery and a nice bay leaf for flavor. And don't forget the salt and pepper for those of us who can tolerate it. And we certainly don't want to forget the beef. Amen. The ingredients go in, and the contents of the pot start to simmer, and someone starts stirring it up. And then here comes 
that wondrous smell, that inviting aroma, the flavor of all those ingredients coming together. And maybe there's some cornbread, some biscuits being baked on the side. Amen. Someone's going to eat a hearty meal tonight. And I stopped by to tell you that God's gospel stew inquires some ingredients. See, two of which have already been supplied by God. But the third ingredient has to be supplied by you and me. And these three ingredients are, and that's my title for tonight, the Messiah, the message, and me. Or you. The Messiah, the message, and me. God, through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has stirred up the message of salvation. And he needs you and me to serve it up to a starving world in need of spiritual food. Jesus, church, is the bread of life, and he says to us in John 4 and 34, my meat, my food, is to do the will of him that sent me. Amen? And in Matthew, over there in Matthew 24, 45, and 46, Jesus says to his disciples, who then is a faithful and wise servant? whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you, he will make him ruler over all his goods. My friends, the world's melting pot is bubbling over in a cauldron of confusion, chaos, and conflict. And Jesus has said that you and I must be the salt and the light of the world to proclaim that the Messiah has come, bringing a message of salvation. These are the three ingredients that must be stirred up and served up to a sin-stained and salvation-starved world. Amen. 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 Now let's examine for just a few minutes these ingredients. The Messiah. The anointed one, the Christos or Christ, was prophesied in both the patriarchal and the Mosaic dispensations. In Genesis 49 and 10, the Bible says, a scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. The patriarch Jacob proclaimed that the holder of the scepter, the royal ruler with ultimate authority, would come from the descendants of the tribe of Judah. The word Shiloh, in this sense, proclaims his authority as the coming Messiah. God proclaimed to Moses in Deuteronomy 18:18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And over there in the New Testament, in this Christian dispensation, in Acts, the third chapter, Peter preached the same Messiah, citing the prophets of the Mosaic dispensation. And he includes there the message of salvation for all mankind. Acts chapter 3, beginning there at verse 18, 
he says there, but those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send forth Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after as many as have spoken have likewise foretold of these days. This is the Messiah and the message, y'all. He says, ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our father, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Peter there connects the Messiah to the message that Jesus has come to bless the nations of the earth, that all men should know his coming, that they should turn from their sins and repent and be converted, that their sins might be blotted out through the refreshing renewal of the waters of baptism. This should be the motivation for all Christians, the Messiah and his message of eternal life through the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, someone says, well, Brother Veal, I, I understand all that. I, I've read about the Messiah. I've, I've heard the message and I've responded in obedience. I've acknowledged Jesus as Lord, Savior and Messiah. I've repented and my sins have been washed away and I've been added to the body of Christ. What else is there for me to do? What's the missing ingredient got to do with me? Well, now. Here we are at our scripture text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I don't think I was going to get there, did you? Here, the Apostle Paul gives thanks to the members of the Lord's church in Thessalonica. He says that we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. He recalls their labor, their love, and their persistence in keeping the faith. This is the light that Jesus, even today, wants us to compel others to behold. Look there at verse number four. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. See, we are God's elect. We are the called out. We are his chosen vessels. We have been elected or rather selected to be the standard bearers of this gospel. See, we are the called out. 
We're that city that's set on a hill which cannot and should not be hidden. And we are his chosen vessels carrying the message of the Messiah to the masses around the world. Some of you, not mostly looking around out here, but some of you might be old enough to remember Uncle Sam. See, the symbol of American patriotism with his white beard and his red, white, and blue hat telling, I want you to join the armed forces and help combat the threat of fascism and communism in Europe and Japan during the Second World War. Well, I stopped by to tell you today that God needs some soldiers on his holy battlefield. Amen. He needs some laborers for the vineyard, telling the world that harvest time is coming and the chief gardener is coming to reap what has been sown. In verse 5 of our text, he says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. This is the power of the message. To change the hearts and minds of the hearers. To not be just hearers only, but to be doers as well. Let's go a little further, he says here in verses 6 through 10. He says, and you, ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Archaea, but also in every place, your faith to God would have spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. I don't have to talk about you. I already know what you're doing. Uh, amen, somebody. Uh, isn't it good to know uh, that, that, that there are folk watching us, that, that God is, is, has the expectation that if we're going to spread this word, if we're going to spread this gospel, if we're going to be that missing ingredient, that he is watching us. He said, look, if, if, if the gospel stew is the Messiah, the message in me, see, we're already in the pot with him. And he's asking us to stir up our gospel, stir up his gospel. That the world may know and savor the flavor of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to him here. He says, for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. And how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. Whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Here is assurance, endurance, performance, persistence, and patience on display for the entire world to see. And not only that, to see, hear, and know for themselves. This is the Messiah manifested in me. This is the message manifested in me. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And as long as there's a world still in need of the gospel, the light must go forth to shine in the hearts of men. We've been called out to be the salt, the seasoning of the earth. 
that mankind again can savor the flavor of the Savior. That those who hunger and thirst after righteousness may be filled. We know the Messiah. We've heard and heeded the message. Those two ingredients are already simmering in the gospel pot. That third ingredient must be supplied. That the gospel may be stirred up. You and I are salt and light, compelling mankind to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you stirring up the gospel stew? Are you being the salt and light in the world? Do you realize that the work's already been done? There's the Messiah, there's the message, and then there's me. What are we willing to do? There's a whole world out there, whether you believe it or not, that does not know Jesus. Amen? That pot is simmering. Don't let it burn on the stove. Stir it up. That you can savor the flavor of the Savior. Is, is that all right? I, I, I'm tired. Maybe there's someone here who's walked into the Lord's kitchen, smelled that abundant, bountiful aroma. They're drawn to it. And now they want to know what's in the pot. Well, now, if it's the Messiah, the message, and me, we need to tell somebody what's in that pot. What the gospel contains is the message of salvation for all mankind. And for you to savor the flavor of the Savior, you need to hear and believe his gospel message. You must be repentant and repent of your sins. You need to confess him as Lord, be baptized for the remission of your sins, that you can be added to his body, this body, the body of Christ, the church of Christ. And as you grow in the Lord, you start to recognize and realize you're the missing ingredient. Will you be that missing ingredient? And if you're here and you want to respond to the call, you're ready to get in that pot. You're ready to get in that water. You're ready to become a child of God and be that missing ingredient that the world may savor the flavor of the Savior. If you're here and that's what you desire, it's available for you now as we together stand and sing. Hear the soul, wow.